0: Alright, this this question may be a little controversial. Okay. Do trucking companies make as much as they claim to? Absolutely not. Turn my mic up. are you take there. Yeah, yeah. Uh on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes, snitches. Better watch your nose in your business. All right, hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode, and I am here with the CEO slash CFO <laughs> of Transpo CFO. Correct. Right. Correct. That was a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that is. I don't even know how I pulled that off without without messing it up. Ms. Denisha Gray, how are you, Denisha?
1: I'm well. How are you today?
0: I'm I'm great. I'm blessed. I'm happy to be here. Happy to you know talk about some trucking and more specifically talk about trucking and finance. Correct right because we all know to stay in business you have to be on top of your finances and that's a very important uh, piece especially now in in this particular time in the industry where you know there's we have high fuel and so forth and all these different things impacting business yep. where you got to be on top of every pen. Yep. right? So I'm great grateful to have you here. So thankful, thankful. Thank you so much for that. And uh, we're going to talk some finances in trucking today. Is that right, okay with you? That's perfect. All right, cool. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your background in this industry so we could understand why you're qualified to to help other people with their finances. So tell us a little bit about yourself, starting with where you're from.
1: All right, it's going to say, where do you want me to start? Yeah, so I yeah. am a, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Uh, born and raised there uh, went to college in Fort Wayne Indiana uh, on a basketball and academic scholarship uh, and then I moved here to Atlanta around uh, 20, 2009
0: 2009 okay
1: yep so so journey to get here was um, play ball um, had a well graduated college uh, got a job, my boss at the time was like, you're you wasting your talent here with us. You should be playing ball somewhere. So I ended up going back to Michigan playing semi-pro ball. Uh, that ended up being like I was there, which I didn't have a job. I was broke.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so my brother was like, you can't stay up there. So um, he lived here in Atlanta. So I ended up getting a one-way ticket down here got a job within like three weeks. And then... Like a couple months of me being here, I ended up getting a car to go overseas and play basketball.
0: Okay. So you ball for real. I did. Like ball is life. You you went semi pro, overseas. Yes. What position? Point guard? Of course. I was gonna say <laughs> definitely not center.
1: Of course, point point guard. But
0: you got some skills.
1: I, I I was pretty I was pretty good at what I did yeah. back in my day. You were a
0: facilitator. <laughs> I was. All right, so yeah. you played overseas where?
1: I played in Sweden. Sweden? Yep. I was in Visby, Sweden.
0: Okay. How how long did you do that?
1: So I did that for half a season. Um, my father and my grandfather both passed away when I were over mm, there. Sorry to hear that. And thank you. So um, when I came back, I had like four deals. When I came back, and I turned down all four deals because at the time, for whatever reason, I associated ball with death, and so.
0: Mm, Because of like that, like yeah, it was like traumatizing. Exactly. In a way. It
1: was like, and it was literally back to back. So, um, I made a decision to not go back overseas, and then that's how I. Came back to Atlanta and then got consumed in you know the ATO party life. I was about twenty five at the time and okay. started got into the career aspect of things. So
0: got you. So when you're playing ball in Sweden, were you getting paid? Yeah. Like how much was the pay?
1: Uh. So it honestly it was crappy (laughs) um it was just the experience so i think i was probably making about 1500 a month
0: so is that like what's what's swedish money no
1: 1500 us dollars a month
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay got 50 so is the cost of living cheap out there
1: i pay for nothing
0: Okay, they, they basically they pay, yeah. they pay for all your living expenses exactly. and they pay you like a, a stipend exactly. to like, be there. Yeah, but
1: I came out of my pocket for nothing while I was over okay. there. Okay,
0: yeah. okay. Were you like a celebrity over there? Yeah. I
1: was. It was So truly like a loving basketball type of situation, that's that's legit how it is. So okay. you walk down the street and they know that you're there for the basketball team because you don't look like the other people there. Right. And so it was a, myself and one other American. And so... You know, we were walking if we walked into a restaurant, the restaurant owner would stop what he was doing to cook for us. Uh walk into a bar, drinks all on the house all night. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it was it was a it was a good, it was a, good a good life for for <laughs> it was a little good while. Living, yeah.
0: Nah, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. That's definitely interesting. And how long were you out there?
1: I was there for uh probably about five months.
0: Five months. Yeah. Okay. So, what made you leave again? My father you're, and my grand- right, grandfather. Right. Okay. So that so, that so, situation. So,
1: yeah. yeah. So grandfather passed away. I came back to the states for the funeral, and literally last time I saw my father was at my grandfather's funeral. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. And then you said you had four deals.
1: Yeah. Here. Um. No, to go back overseas. To go back over there. there. Okay. Overseas, got you. Got you. Um, got, and, you
0: and you just turned it down. Yeah. Understood. All right. Yeah. I got it. All right. So you come back to the U.S. and now you start getting into. An official career, Correct. so yeah. tell me about that. So
1: first job back in actual Atlanta was, uh, so keep in mind, you know, my career really started in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I graduated from college. I was there for about three years prior to making the decision to, to pursue basketball again. Right. Um, so when I moved back to Atlanta, I mean, when I moved down here to Atlanta, um, when I came back from overseas, I, my first job was uh, HR for... Um, Home Depot. Okay. Some HR stuff from Home Depot, but it was contract position. Okay. And so from there, uh, I was there for about, I think like four months. And then I ended up getting my first corporate accounting job here, um, in Atlanta, uh, at Assurance. And so what we did there was the insurance company. So we did reinsurance accounting for other for other insurance companies. Okay. So I did that for a couple of years, but from that I became super interested in taxes out of nowhere. I don't know why or how. Um so I on top of working at a shrimp what I did was I got a part-time job at night um, working for a guy that was a CPA. He was hiring during tax season and so I worked for him during that tax season to learn how to do like you you're taught taxes in college right. but you don't really like put it in in practice for real so to really do people's taxes i, I did that okay at night yeah
0: okay got you got yeah so you. I don't,
1: i'm not sure if i said so my my degree is in accounting i marketing. was
0: i was gonna ask yeah. you that so because you said you, you you never said what you actually had your degree yes. in, in college yeah. so you got yeah. a degree an official degree yes. in accounting Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. so i do a major in marketing in accounting
0: okay okay got you so you end up going back to what you studied in college mm-hmm. and you start utilizing that after your basketball career Yep. Yeah. All right, so continue the story.
1: All right, so fast forward. Uh, left Assurance, ended up getting into public accounting, um, which that's more of the CPA firm's lane. So did uh, did public accounting. First CPA firm I ever worked at um, was specifically in the dent- dentistry industry. Um, so all of our clients were dental clients. Uh, but that's where, for me, I feel like I got a, a chance to truly apply what the numbers do to real life, so I'm I'm dealing with business owners like yourself and myself, where I'm seeing their numbers and you know translate that to how does this affect your bottom line of your business. Mm. And so,
0: and you said that was dental,
1: yeah, all, okay. all dental dental clients. Got
0: you. They make yeah. a lot of money, don't they? They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: So so literally all of our for that particular. um, firm that I worked at, they only serve dentistry clients.
0: Okay. So, Okay.
1: And, and I'm pretty sure with them, with the owner, you probably had to make a certain amount of money in order to be a client as well.
0: Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. So
1: from that, I did the, I would do a client's uh, accounting, which is, you know, their financial statement preparation, um, take that down to doing that particular entity's uh, tax return, and then follow that down to doing the owners of the business. Personal tax return.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Got you. All right. Keep keep on going.
1: All right. So left there, because I hated working there. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I hated working there more so for the culture. I was the first black person that they hired within their 40 years of existence. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I felt it. Yeah, you felt it. Got you. Got <laughs> um, you. So I ended up leaving there, and then I went to another CPA firm, smaller firm. And I would say that was the firm that really helped shape my career and, and where I'm at now. So, I remember interviewing with the with the owner there, and out the gate, I told them that it's my dream to have my own business. It's never it was never my desire to work for someone for the rest of my life. Right. And so, I think from that, it was an older guy. He kind of older white man. He took me under his wings, and and literally, he was on, he was on the brink of retirement, and he literally showed me everything that I needed to to see or know. So, if he had a new client, he would take me to that new client meeting with him. Um, let me listen to the dialogue of the conversation, how the conversation should go. Um, we would come back to the office. I would get that new client set up. I would in turn do their books, do their, so again, doing all of their accounting, do their tax returns, doing the, for the business and for the individual, I would tax plan that person. So I literally did everything from start to finish for a particular client. Okay. And then it got to the point where towards the end of me being there, I would actually go out and meet with new clients on my own.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what what are some of those things you you said that he taught you kind of everything that you needed to know like tell me about we're, some we're of we're
1: running your own business for the yeah. most part. Okay. So uh so billing, how do you properly bill a client? Um again, honestly, oftentimes when you're working at a larger firm, they they want to compartmentalize you. So you only get access to certain things or you get exposure to certain things. They don't want you to see the full picture. Right. And if you are seeing the full picture, more than likely You're, you're, you're not one of us in full picture, just being honest with you. So, um, so with him, I was able to see the full picture. I was able to see how they bill a client, why they're billing the client this this way. Um, I was able to, like I said, go to the actual meeting of, of, When you're onboarding a client and what that looks like from start to finish, like I was able to do everything. So
0: he became like a mentor. Absolutely. Of sorts. And just was, he he, he heard you out and he said, All right, you want to learn how to run this business? I'm going to teach you how to do it. Awesome. All right, then what happens after that? After
1: that, uh, he's on the brink of retirement. He's kind of like out the door. He had another lady that was really stepping in to fill his shoes. And um, we just didn't really rock well together. Right, right, right. (laughs) So I ended up leaving there and I went to a, my last job, which was a, a top 20 CPA firm. Okay. And um, again, with there, it was the same thing, but on steroids, except for, um, you're not exposed to the full picture. Meaning if you're a tax, you're only doing taxes. If you're accounting, you're only doing accounting. So, so somehow I would say I was blessed. I was able to be a part of, I came in on the accounting side, the which client advisory services side, but then I switched over to tax with them. So you're, when I say on steroids, you're not, you're no longer dealing with like smaller clients. You're dealing with clients that's probably making like 50 million a year. Okay. And so opposed to, you know, maybe they're making the, the firm I worked at prior to that, they're probably making like 3 million a year.
0: Gotcha. And you said like, it's all like different departments. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, no one person's handling everything. No. It's like nope. one department for one thing, yep. so forth and so, so on. So we
1: literally had a, an accounting team, um, we had uh, individuals were like the the individual taxation team where they can only do individual tax returns. Um, on the business side, they were heavy into real estate. So uh, you got if they had an actual real estate team, and they, all they did was real estate tax returns. And then uh, then you have the, every other everybody else that just did other entity tax returns.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So why do you leave there? <laughs>
1: because <laughs> i'm tired of working for people at this point got you and got and, you. And, and really taking taking this step further is you know i came in to be honest with you i came in with a certain a, a certain amount of experience and background and they basically said within a year you should be a manager i wasn't a manager within that year and that's not that's not a problem like for me I don't really care about the title but i do care about my growth and so i feel like if if I'm consistently doing the same thing and I'm not being challenged, and I tell you that I want more, then you're not listening to me.
0: Right. Then, then right. it's time you to go. leave. Yeah, you got to look for a better opportunity.
1: Absolutely, but for me, that opportunity was at, at that time. So I'll, I'll circle back or go back and say, my I said coming out the gate with the, the last firm I worked, the second to last firm I worked at. Um, I told the owner I knew that I wanted to own my own business. So in 2013 is when I birthed the idea of what the name of my company would be. Um, actually got my logo drawn out and all of that. And so I started putting that into practice in 2015. Okay. Meaning after I learned how to do taxes for working with that CPA on the side, um, I would do taxes on the side while I worked at this CPA firm.
0: Okay. Got you.
1: So super bootleg taxes though. Like <laughs> I'm using, I'm using TurboTax. Right. It's like, so you go create a TurboTax account and I'm going to just go do your taxes for you. Got you. Got you. <laughs> because I, I didn't have the... Um, I couldn't get commercial software. Well, I did not go get commercial software at the time.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. So you have a little side hustle. Exactly. What What's that business called?
1: That's Great Financial.
0: Great Financial. Yep. All right. So, so you start Great Financial. Financial. Yep. Sounds big though. It made like the Great Financial yep. sounds yep. like a big firm. I, I don't know why. It just it sat, feels I'll big. I
1: take that. <laughs> I mean,
0: all right. So so you start Great Financial. That's <laughs> your <laughs> side hustle while you're working for this other company. Yep.
1: So that all that's right. I officially really started started that in like around 2015. And in 2018, October 2018, I quit my job and I've been and went full force, great financial.
0: Got you. Got you. Yeah. Okay. So how do we get to Transpo CFO?
1: So Transpo CFO. So I'm I'm, I'm full force, great financial and I have some transportation clients or some trucking clients. Um, my, my, Where'd they come from? Just word them out. Word them out. Okay. Yeah, every, every, I can say everything with great financial was organic growth or has been organic growth. Like I've never really... Been on like marketing on steroids or anything like that, it's all been organic growth. So, um, example one year, the year matter, matter of fact, the year after I quit my job, um, I went from doing less than 100 tax returns to a little over 200 tax returns, literally just off of word of mouth and referrals.
0: Okay, and okay. and then wow. same
1: thing with um, and I wasn't prepared for that growth, I can absolutely <laughs> say that, and then uh, same thing with um my accounting clients. So I did so with Great Financial we did what we do cuz it's still in operation. So right. we do um we do same thing that I've been doing my whole career. So we do accounting accounting for small businesses. Most of our clients uh probably make 4 million or under and then so we do accounting for the small businesses. We do the business tax return, individual tax returns. Okay. So, I, yeah, got it. So so,
0: so to put it in perspective about how many tax returns do you do a, a seat with every tax season just to, uh, roughly? Uh, for great financial,
1: great financial, probably around 200. Okay.
0: About yeah. 200. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So you are getting into how we ter- get yeah. into transport CFO.
1: So, so again, so I have some transportation or trucking clients on the business side of things. Right. So I'm doing the, the business, the books for trucking clients. And then from that, um, my business partner and I, he was, he, he, I have a business partner with transport CFO and he was heavy in the trucking space, like okay. super heavy in the trucking space. And, uh, we ended up being connected through a mutual friend and because he was trying to he wanted to start a um, accounting firm specifically for the tra- trucking industry. Right. And I was already doing trucking uh accounting for truckers.
0: Got you. Per
1: se. And so what we decided to do was to make it super specialized. We created Transport CFO so that way it's separate from everything that I'm doing Great Financial. So there's so Transport CFO is literally just for the transportation industries.
0: Got gotcha. you. Why is that important to have an accounting firm that is specifically geared towards uh, servicing the trucking company, uh, trucking companies? Why is that? Why is that an important thing?
1: So, so for us, you know, I think that um, it, I, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah, I got to reference my man Hove. So women okay. lie, know like men lie, numbers don't lie. So 85 yeah. percent of trucking companies fail within the first year. Oftentimes that relates back to lack of knowledge or their, or their numbers. Like, So they really don't know their numbers. So, you know, most truckers are owner-operators. They go to school. They learn how to operate the truck. But nobody really knows how to read or understand financial statements. Okay. And I feel like by the time they get they, – they're trying – they're scrambling trying to figure out where their money is going. It's really too late at that point. Mm. And so – You know, I my my family or I have like uncles that have CDOs, drove, drove trucks their whole life. Like one of my uncles, he owns his own tr- uh, transportation company. So I've always been exposed to trucking. Yeah. And I think it's just coming back full circle.
0: Got you. Yeah. Transpo CFO, do you guys just just tell me about the business. What do you guys do? What services do you offer?
1: So we do um, anything from your basic bookkeeping to uh, outsource CFO services and that's where the CFO part of it comes in so transpo meaning transportation mm-hmm. and then CFO okay and so uh, we we do anything from basic bookkeeping but within within our basic book, bookkeeping package, you still get a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement. Okay. And most bookkeeping companies may not do that, or it's, or it's or it's not really super clean.
0: Just just go into what bookkeeping is for somebody who may not understand what that what what that is what that means to their business. Okay.
1: So, uh, first things first is I, I'll start from inception. What you really need. So making so if you're starting a business, making sure you have a business bank account, right? So we take all of the information from your business bank account, um, make sure you structure right or whatever, and. Um, we connect that to our software that we use, like just manually importing it all. And then we translate that to make sure everything is properly coded. Uh, and at the end of it all, at the end of every month, we produce you a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement. And if you're a CFO client, then you'll also get some additional, um, some additional reports as well. Okay. But, and, and we start with the basics of balance sheet and profit and loss statement, because you cannot go get funding from a bank without financials Right. That you're a business owner.
0: Got you. So what are the CFO services? Because you said there's a basic bookkeeping to yeah. CFO services. So, so we'll get into that.
1: So CFO services is um, like you're, you're basically having like a monthly coach or a, a coach per se on, in the accounting space. So with the CFO services, we do um, CFO services more so how do you grow and scale your business? Okay. So in, if I would say that's more true business minded, you, you really, really want to grow your business. Like you're not just in this thing to, like you're not really playing with, like you right, really right. want to grow your business. And right. so with the CFO services, we, we, we actually have an internal CPA that works with all of our clients and our CPA so that your, your call or monthly call or coaching, whatever you want to call it is with our CPA. Okay. And so with that, we go over, um, with that, we do forecasts and projections. We do uh, benchmarking, meaning how do you match up against your peers, whether you have one truck or 10 trucks. Like what does what are your peers making if they're like in the same geographic area as you or they have the same amount of trucks as you?
0: That's interesting. Where do you guys get that information?
1: Uh, We can pull it from their TMS system or just, just different systems. And then also we have some templates where some information has to be provided by the client
0: okay, got you so do you do you also use like some of your other clients as a, as references to yeah like so match that and that's like where it's with really in, internal the, data
1: absolutely and that's where the benchmarking kind of comes in because we're again going back to we're specific to the transportation industry now we have our you know we have our group of clients and we can put in our in our software that we use for the kpis we're able to create like more uh, consolidated benchmarking groups.
0: Got you. Do you guys typically cater to smaller trucking companies, like the zero to 20 truck fleets, or are you looking to cater to the larger fleets?
1: You can have one truck, you can have 100 truck. It doesn't matter. You're going to get the same level and quality of service.
0: But most of your clients, where where would they fall?
1: I would probably say most of our clients fall anywhere between three to six trucks. Okay,
0: yeah. three to six trucks. So let let's speak to them. Like yeah. Let's talk to those three to six truck carriers. Um, what are some of the mate the the the, the most typical uh, things that you see uh, inefficiencies or issues that you may see once you kind of start working with some of these smaller carriers, three to six trucks? Uh, what what are some of the things that you guys spot like the red flags that you spot instantly when you you start working with them?
1: So. Oftentimes, with small business business owners as a whole. I feel like they focus on gross revenue opposed to bottom line. Meaning, you know, this low. It, 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 you might have made a hundred thousand for this month. And they focusing on they made that hundred thousand, but what did you walk away with? Right. And so, um, a lot of times, we'll see where maybe they're if they have a factoring company, maybe they're being they're being charged too much for factoring. Um, meaning their percentages, and like you, you can see that as a percentage of revenue. Um, so it could be factoring. Maybe their dispatching fees are high, um higher than, you know. Um, I got I got a shout out Metro Max higher than what a Metro Max would charge. Okay,
0: uh, shout to Metro Max. Uh,
1: so so just you know, are they overpaying for dispatching? Are they overpaying for factoring fees? Um, what are they paying their drivers? Is their driver pay um, in alignment with industry standards? And so and if they're not in alignment, if they're high, why are they high? So example being. I know a guy, or I have a client that's paying his driver like thirty-three percent of the load, mm. but he said is he's he's reliable and you know he's he's a worker, and so for him and his peace of mind, he's okay with paying him that percentage.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Whereas, like you know, and their in their bottom line isn't really hurting. Okay. Yeah.
0: What what percentage? Um,
1: and then also fuel, obviously, fuel is high right now. Anyways. Fuel is high, one hundred percent.
0: What when you're looking at your your P and L and your balance sheets and so forth, what what percentage should be profit of your overall uh, gross? Like, so can you break that down a little bit for for someone who could just who's maybe doing their own P yep. and Ls and they're looking at their own stuff right now, right? They don't they don't use anybody right now, yep, right? Yep. What should they be looking at to know they're running a profitable company?
1: So. I would say, and I have that, you know, it's it's funny because the there's a a, a thing where um, most like most people think accountants, I just got everything on the top of their head, but you Google a lot of stuff still. Right. But um, <laughs> but I actually have like spreadsheets and stuff of where benchmarks should be. But um, I believe that uh, I want to say fifteen percent is okay. is average. I think, so but fi- a lot of people run at like three percent.
0: Okay. So so 15% is where you should be. Yep. 3% is where a lot of people are, are at. at yep. So what's that disparity?
1: Uh pants like cost. Okay. Like literally just cost. So okay. again the things that I named were driver pay. Honestly, I've seen people that you're starting your business now you got you're putting your your family members on payroll and they probably shouldn't even be on payroll doing like uh administrative stuff. Right. So it's just again, identifying where you overspend and where's that where is that cost, where can you cut back at? Um, you know, there's things that you cannot change, like insurance, like maybe we can get you a better rate for insurance, but, or we can assist you in trying to get a better rate for insurance, but that's based on you personally for the most part, so.
0: Okay, so do you guys, so I guess with the CFO, uh, program, you guys help to talk about reducing some of those costs Absolutely. and kind of walk them through that. Absolutely. That's how it works. Yeah. So how how does that work? Do you typically like, like have a sit-down, like an intake or uh, onboarding or like how, how does so, that process work? So
1: usually with every client, regardless of whether they're CFO or not, um, one of the first things we do during our onboarding process is we'll talk about a budget. So and what does that budget look like? So uh, so part of my uh or our team's initial intake call uh questions are, you know, just us getting to understand how your business operates before we even see or get to your numbers. So, you know, do you have a factoring company? Who is your insurance through? How much are you paying for insurance? Are you leasing or buying your vehicle? Um, Again, setting up a budget, how much money would you like to make every month and then back into that helping you back into what that looks like? Mm. That's a part of all of, of all of what we do, whether you are um, and then more so for the, for the budgeting aspect of it, if you're not a, if you're not a, a CFO client and we'll give you the budget, but it's kind of up to you more so to maintain it. Gotcha. Whereas if you're, if you are a CFO client, we're going to help you truly maintain that is in, you know, make sure you stick to it. Cause we're holding you accountable. You're, we're your accountability coach.
0: Yeah. Do, do you, do you often see, uh, like any companies like running in the red to Absolutely. where they're just like losing money? Yeah
1: a lot and, and
0: how do you guys like approach that like when you when you see a company it's like man you guys are like one load away from being out of business
1: we see that a lot and honestly so in in just full transparency we've seen some companies that signed up um or that's come on board and it's too late meaning by the time we get them and their books are clean like you said they're one load away but it's it's by the time they've engaged us, they're really on the verge of going out of business. Mm. And that's sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so is it, I mean, at that point, is there anything you could do to help?
1: Uh, It depends on, so we've, we've, from that, we've worked out some different relationships. So we have some different banking relationships that maybe we can help you get a line of credit. But all of that depends on your credit. Right. And so that's another issue that we, that we run into that we've seen is that, you know, a lot of these uh, truckers like, or owner operators or business owners as a whole, because you know, sometimes we have people that they, they start the business, but they're just operating the business. So they're not the driver. So they're not an owner operator. So yeah, an it, investor, absolutely. They're yeah. investor. And even from that aspect, your person, your credit still has to be a 12 because you're the, it's your business. Yeah. And so we've run into issues where, um, we've seen clients who have gone out of business more so because they need funding. But they can, really can't get that funding because of – or they can't really get good funding. And I say good funding where it's, like, not those BYZ funder loans or um, I think it's a fund box. The We got to do the weekly payments. Yeah, like yeah. Because those are tough. Yeah, for sure. And so it's, you know, their credit is bad. So – they have to resort to those type of situations, but maybe we help you take that or get that as a short-term solution to get you back and, and budget you to where you need to get to get back on track.
0: Got you. And
1: then also within that, we also have a, um, a credit partner that we work
0: with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. From a tax preparation standpoint, what are some of the most important things that carriers should be thinking about?
1: So just knowing what you can write off. So, um, you know, I think that a big thing is Knowing where you fall it income wise. So, and if and if you're properly structured, meaning, if you're a single member LLC, should you tr- truly be taxed as a single member LLC? Meaning, um, your business is reported on your individual tax return as a Schedule C, or should you be taxed as an S corporation or a C corporation if you're an individual um, if you're a single member LLC? Okay. So, with that being said, you know, see, obviously, I like S corps, um, but S corps are not for everyone. Right. And so if you are with, if you are, if you are eligible for an S Corp, it's, you know, knowing how much money that can save you.
0: Got you. Is there anything that is uh, new that's come up and coming in the tax code? Any changes that you see that could be beneficial to small carriers? Or has there been any changes in the tax code within the last year or so that maybe people should should look into?
1: So I know one thing that's new that just kind of came out is they increased the mileage rate for this latter half of the year. Okay. And it's I want to say it's like 62 and a half cents or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but okay. that sounds about right. Okay. Um, which is about eight or 10 cents more than what it was before. Meaning um, in with auto or transportation, you can either take the, you can either take a, um, a standard, dedu- uh, a stand like the mileage deduction, or you can take actual, And so, you know, just in terms of what does that work out to be more advantageous for you as an owner? So that's one thing. Um, I know they're doing some things with depreciation. So, again, in terms of like if you lease or buy your vehicle, that determines if you're able to depreciate your vehicle. So if you're leasing, there's no depreciation because it's not really an asset per se. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it's a three-year lease or however long you got to turn it back in.
0: Gotcha. Versus
1: if you're... Buying your truck, you know, some things. A big thing that you could take advantage of is depreciation. Like, do you fully depreciate your your vehicle, uh, your truck, within the year that you buy it? Meaning, one sec- section one seventy nine, it write it off, or do you spread it out over the, over years? And that's that's based on everybody's different situation.
0: Got you. What about like working with like? Do you work with like contractors, like people who have like ten ninety nines and all that? Mm-hmm. What, can you talk about like some misconceptions, like because I know there's a lot. Of uh, you know things out there when as it relates to taxes with contractors that people may not necessarily know. Is there anything you could like anything you could add to that kind of conversation? At what filing your taxes?
1: Mm, give me some examples of like what you think.
0: So like okay so like if if you're a con if you're a 1099 contractor but let's say you don't have like an official like business but you're just working as a contractor yeah. for a company
1: okay Got you. You, you
0: know what i'm saying yep
1: so like a like it's like a driver like a driver okay. and,
0: you're, and you're being paid as a 1099 contractor yep. but
1: so sometimes with that you'll see where people don't think that they get they get to write things off as well but you do so example being if you have a home office you get to take a home office deduction um if you can well as it's as a contractor most of the time they, they're not coming out of pocket for like their fuel and stuff like that, but you still get to write off like your your cell phone if you're using your personal phone, um, job supplies if you're coming out of pocket for job supplies or things in the truck, uh, you know anything that you are coming out of pocket for while you're doing your job is, is really a write off.
0: Gotcha. Is there anything that people don't realize that they can write off that that you can say hey you could write this off also? That's like surprising to some some people.
1: I, not really right now. I think that there's so much free game out there right now that it's, you know, most people kind of know where they've they they're, they're done their their homework. I think the biggest one is probably that home office. Okay. Um, yeah, home office deduction.
0: Okay, got you. Um, so, on, like, as far as um, preparing taxes, again, let's just kind of stick yep. there. Um, with the tax preparation, um, what are – I already asked you what are some of the things that the, the drivers should be thinking about right beforehand, right? Did I ask you that? Nope. What, what, are, what are some of the things they should be thinking about beforehand? Before tax, before they, like, prepare are, to do their actual taxes. And are we talking
1: about, like, the owner, or are we talking the about owner. just... Okay. The owner. Um. So, biggest thing is probably having, if you don't have an accounting software or an accountant that you use, like, you're not doing it yourself, I would say is um, maybe checking in with somebody or or whoever did your taxes before, maybe checking in on a, on a quarterly or semi-annual basis. Okay. Uh, because, again, depending on how you're structured, you might end up owing a lot of money at the end of the year if you're not paying in quarterly estimated taxes as a, as a single member LLC person.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. So pay your quarterly taxes. Pay your
1: quarterly taxes. If you're, if you are a single member LLC.
0: Okay. Got you. What's the most you ever because see? Because as a single me-
1: I'm sorry, as a single member LLC, if you're an owner, um, one big thing is you're, you don't really get to take a, a salary, right? So if I'm a single member LLC and I'm a schedule C, any money that I take out the company is considered a draw. Um, so, Example: I made a hundred thousand. I took fifty thousand out. My taxable income is a hundred thousand. Okay. Because that fifty thousand that I took out is considered a draw because I'm a single member LLC. So my tax, I'm paying taxes on that hundred, not not fifty. Okay. Whereas, again, when you get into a, a, a escort, escort, I made a hundred thousand. I took fifty thousand out as a salary. My net income is fifty thousand. I'm paying taxes on that 50.
0: So with with the S corp if I'm not mistaken you have to uh claim like a reasonable they call it like a reasonable, reasonable compensation. compensation. Yeah. So how how does a for a truck a truck driver or or a truck owner mm-hmm. what's what's reasonable? Like how do you determine what's a reasonable compensation?
1: So it depends on if they're um and, and really the for IRS is more so what would you pay market value for somebody else doing this job? Okay. It, it that's was deemed reasonable. So um or if they're an owner, if they're owner-operator, then if you wanted to keep pro, like you want to show profit, so obviously you don't want to take all of the money out. Um, so you could pay yourself if you say, always tell people, like if you know, like let's say you made $10,000 this month, you know that to sustain your lifestyle or your household, you probably need, let's say you could live off 4500 Pay yourself a salary of 4500 Okay. And then the rest is, you know, you can still have other expenses coming out, but... um, the rest is retained earnings, meaning it's money going back to the business.
0: So, the, and, and the reason to, well, I mean, I guess everybody has their reason why they do things, but you're able to base, okay, so is there anything that's, that's what what's unreasonable is what I'm saying? Because that's like <laughs> kind of like a blurred line, right? <laughs> right, You see, like is. a reasonable compensation. You say, yeah, so, 5,000 is reasonable. So my you know what my saying? typical rule, well, yeah, how do, I, how do I'm you not t-
1: going to say my typical rule of thumb, but in my my upbringing of being at, working at, working at, all the different CPA firms I worked at. Um, the good, a good rule of thumb from what I've always been told: if they're a um, a, a one owner, like it's just one owner, is, is so it's the owner operator. He's an S corp. It's probably fifty percent as a salary.
0: Okay, fifty percent. Okay. Most of the trucking companies that you work with are they LLCs? Yeah. Why do you think everybody goes the LLC route?
1: I think that's just. I think that's what everyone knows. They think that standard LLC, you're you're protected. "Quote unquote protected," you know, you're because you're not putting it in your name, so nothing is really in your personal name. So if you're ever to get sued, taking it from a from a liability aspect of it, if you're sued, you know they can't come after you personally; they're coming after the business. Okay. So taking that a step further, which mo- most people don't realize, is as a single member LLC, you're paying 15.3% in taxes
0: on mm. your on your profits. Mm. Got you. Was it 15.3? Three percent,
1: which is Social Security and Medicare taxes. Okay, so that's in addition to your original tax rate or or original, which taxes is what based on wherever you fall based on wherever your income, your yeah, ordinary income rate.
0: What are some other uh, things that you're handicapping yourself with if you're LLC as opposed to some of the other S corps and so forth? Mm-hmm. I know it, you said you like S corp.
1: I do. So again, it's a uh, salary. You know, can you take a salary um, versus you're you're just taking draws again. That's that's affecting your bottom line. Meaning in terms of what you're paying taxes on. So I mean everybody's everybody's goal is to pay less money in taxes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. it's you know if you're if you're a single member LLC, you made a hundred thousand profit, then you're paying taxes on that hundred thousand. That's that can so and and again that's now you have to pay the fifteen point three percent Social Security Medicare tax, and then you also have to pay taxes at your ordinary tax rate. Mm-hmm. Whatever that falls, because you may have other things like if you have investments or just whatever.
0: What's the disadvantages of being like an S-Corp? Like what are some of the advantages of being an LLC? Let's flip it around.
1: Um, I think so. I would say if you're if you're not really making more than 50,000 or I was say even say like 35 to 50,000, then you shouldn't be an S-Corp. Or, OK, or, because you're not really paying as much in taxes and the headache of um, your your. You have payroll taxes that you have to pay or that you have to like, you have to pay in and you have to do payroll tax returns That's quarterly. So you can run into, you see where some small businesses run into um, issues with staying compliant on the payroll side of things.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's a lot more paperwork. Absolutely. To be an escort. Absolutely. As opposed to an LLC. So if you don't want to do all the extra paperwork. Yep. just just file LLC. Yeah,
1: and then if you're making under a certain amount of money too,
0: got you. Because because
1: about- that, that's a separate tax return. So S corporation is a, a totally separate tax return. So it's more more than likely you're going to get charged more for it because it's a, it's a more complicated return.
0: Got you on the actual return itself. Mm-hmm. What about a corporation? And nobody does that.
1: So again, in my in my my all of my years of working at different CPA firms, the the people that I've seen that are C corps are those that are really making money, like and and making money overall right so um let's say you got investments over here like so you're heavy in real estate over here so personally you just got a lot going on Mm. and so you're probably going to fall into like that higher tax bracket so you're like that 30 something percent tax tax bracket then it may be more advantageous for you to be a c-corp because c-corps are taxed at a flat 21 percent so opposed to going s-corp where that's a flow through and that's you're getting taxed at your individual tax rate. So again, using that same ex- example, if you're at thirty seven percent, why do I want to pay taxes at thirty seven percent when I could just play pay at flat twenty one percent
0: on right. the business level? Right. Yeah. And as far as uh your incorporation and your entity, is there any advantages to setting up in any particular states or any places that you that you can people I know a lot of be, people say Delaware Yeah, and I've stuff heard like that. so I've
1: heard Delaware, I've heard, heard Wyoming, um I don't really get into that. Like, I feel like <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, uh, again, like in, in the I, – I have clients that are set up in Delaware, Wyoming. Uh, There's a few other ones out there, but – I live in Georgia, man. I set my stuff up in Georgia. <laughs> like, but dude,
0: there's there's supposed to be tax havens there, or whatever. There, but there
1: is. I don't
0: know. I, I I don't have a business in Delaware, but I. It seems like people do it, so I'm trying to figure yeah, out what, it, what's it, what's it, the big deal.
1: It is, but at the same time, I feel like that's for people that's really again really making money, mm. and I think that that's again like misconceptions of us. It's like you hear all these track tax strategies, but like you're, it's not really applied to you yet because like you might be making like. Twenty five thousand dollars. So why are you worried about what the person making five million, million is doing here?
0: Right No, I got you. What What's the uh, and, and even
1: in even all of my years of, of practice at CPA firms, it's like I, I had a client that she was she's a music producer, um, old, older music producer, but she her stuff was set up out of Delaware. But um, when I say older, like. She's like in her 60s, so she. I just got her recently as a client, with like the, within like the last three, four years. Okay. And her, she has so she's making money, money. So she has a what's tax money, money? Millions a year.
0: Like tens of millions.
1: Not tens of millions, but but back but, but probably in her peak, she was. Okay. She probably was hitting that. Okay. Um, but she's probably now at about like two 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 three million a year. Okay. But her her setup was different, you know. So she used to live in Cali. She moved here. She. She has a she has you know she had a CPA she had a bookkeeper she had a tax attorney that worked in conjunction with the CPA and then the so um, so funny the, the I ended up getting her as a client because when I quit my firm the last firm I worked that day she, she shot her to me so okay. we continue to work together so okay. I just really did her accounting stuff but um because she had multiple entities but I worked with the CPA firm that I quit for her and then she also had a tax attorney in New York so the tax attorney in New York is set up. Is who set up all of her stuff, and her stuff was out of Delaware. Okay, but it's I think for her in particular is a little bit more strategic because she has trust and stuff like that.
0: Got you, got you.
1: And that's not my lane. (laughs) Got you. No, I
0: got it. I got it. This this question may be a little controversial. Okay. Do trucking companies make as much as they claim to?
1: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> Not because I mean, if 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 you're on social media right now, everybody's making millions and millions in trucking, and we just want to keep it real, right? A- exactly. This is a business, right? And, and that, you and can make money, and that's that gross
1: revenue versus net net yeah, income. Yeah,
0: let's let's yeah. let's so they don't make as much as they. And, and in comparison, because you actually do tax for all types of different industries, mm-hmm. so if you had to grade it, right, and you are to say from like one to ten of all the different industries that you. Deal with yeah. Where would trucking be in that grade? This honestly, from your from your experience,
1: that's tough. So I would probably say about a four. Okay, and I would say like some something like um. Uh, so some of my clients I on I and on great financial side is we have uh, clients in the dental industry, and dentistry can make good money like right. like gross revenue in that revenue. Right. So yeah. So I would say about a four.
0: But yeah. there's probably some standout trucking companies that. Top that for because it's yeah, based sure. on the way they run.
1: The way they're yep, their processes, their structure. Um, are they lean? Are you not taking out unnecessary money or spending unnecessary money? You see a lot of times too where, uh, just really more so from trucking's perspective, uh, cash flow is tight. Not necessarily because you know they're, because it's going towards the business, but they got also got all their personal stuff running through there. Mm. So cash flow is tight because you may let's say you had a really good month. As a as an owner operator, you made twenty five thousand or you know twenty thousand. You got two trucks or something like that, and from that, but now you you got your car note running through there, your, your personal car note, personal car right. insurance. You got your rent coming out. Like I see that,
0: but isn't that called piercing the corporate veil? It is veil? piercing
1: the corporate veil,
0: and that's not a good thing, right? Absolutely. Can you not. explain that?
1: Yeah. So when you're piercing the corporate veil, is more so um, <laughs> if if someone were were to sue you, you've pierced your corporate veil, meaning you're you're co-mingling funds so you're intertwining your personal funds with your business funds and so if something were to happen someone sued me today I pierced my corporate veil so in the the, the eyes of the law um that particular person that's suing you can now be de- they can now be privy to your personal assets as well because you're co-mingling them
0: right yeah is there is there like a, a point at which that applies like let's say uh you know you go to the store real quick and you buy you, yeah. you go to the uh, convenience store and you buy yeah. some milk or whatever for your family on your on your business credit card yeah. like we or are, is there like all, a limit
1: we all out the card yeah, yeah yeah for sure like
0: you forgot your other debit card yeah. is there like a limit like once you've hit like 5,000 now you're piercing the veil like how does that how does that work what's the benchmark
1: I honestly don't know the benchmark but I think that it's when it's in excess or excess I think that it and I've seen it be excessive where like people are legit like you got all of your business in, all of your personal stuff coming out of your account and so if if we're looking at your balance sheet, you got a big portion in owner owner uh, shareholder distributions or owner um, draws, depending on how you're structured, because all your personal issues is coming out the business bank account. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. so it's like really you could be doing a lot better from a cash flow perspective if you just tighten up on the personal side too.
0: Yeah, yeah, got you. Most of the truck, going back to finance, because people love to hear numbers here on this show. Um, Most of the trucking companies you're seeing, are they making, grossing millions?
1: Mm -hmm. So I would say the companies that I've seen grossing millions are those that probably are like at that five, six truck range.
0: Five, six truck is when you hit millions and usually... Yeah,
1: and and like multiple millions. Okay. So I've I've seen somebody... Run like three, four trucks, and they've hit a million. Just okay, depending on the lanes and what they're doing and stuff like that. Okay,
0: yeah. got you. And then typical net could be anywhere like you said, from three to what? What percent? I
1: would say anywhere from three to fifteen.
0: Three to fifteen. Yeah, Mo-
1: most people are more in alignment of like that three to five.
0: So if you if you made a if you made a million, you've made about one hundred fifty thousand dollars profit. profit. Take home. So so like a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand is yours. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. If okay. you're if you're running really good numbers. Yeah. And and yeah.
0: So but they said that's like about five to six trucks. Yeah, it's
1: not, and that's not and that's not a high percentage. Like I said, most people are probably at that like three to five percent range.
0: Got you. So, so to have like a hundred thousand uh, uh, dollar, well, man. So if you're if you're at three trucks, so let's say if you have five, if you have five trucks, you're making about one hundred fifty. Let's just. Yeah, Caught it that. Yeah. So if you had th- three trucks, you're probably bringing home about maybe 50, 60, 70, something like that. Mm, possibly. Possibly. And these are all rough numbers because yeah, like, again, it yeah, depends on your different. profit yeah. margins. Yeah. But I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, like, possibly, yeah. Okay. But gotcha.
1: then I've seen a guy, Um, I've seen, you know, one of my, I've seen a client got run one truck and he's driving it himself and he's just super focused and he picked up a lane um, and he making like 9000 a week and he's just keeping it keeping tight keep keeping it lean. lean all these all these i mean obviously you gotta you gotta pay your insurance and stuff like that but he's paying for gas and he's like yeah i'm running this thing myself
0: yeah nah no doubt and and, and that's really the thing because it's really just about how you run your company there's so there's upside to this business but we want to be like realistic yep. and not sell people dreams Absolutely. like this is a tough business to be in just like any business you know and you know you have to control your business and yep. create those profits for and then, you
1: know, obviously you're gonna have things that you can't control, like right. like repairs and maintenance expenses. Like that's that's heavy.
0: Yes. I see. Yeah. 100%. so making sure
1: you get your goodie good equipment. Um and, you know, that's the operational side of what my what my I said I had a partner. My partner could speak to that side or advise on that side a little bit more because he's he has trucks. So okay. Okay. I feel like that's also the beauty of of where we stand in this lane or like the service that we provide is because you know, I'm I'm 100 numbers. Like I love numbers, and he's he's numbers, but he's also you have that
0: trucking side
1: exactly. Nah, no, that's exactly. Awesome. So he can speak from that side because he's living it, he's doing it.
0: Got you, yep. got you. All right, that's awesome. Is there any any additional things that you want to add in the in the financial space that I didn't ask or something that you think the audience should definitely mm-hmm. know that I, I didn't cover? I want to make sure we get as much information out of you because it's so important to understand these numbers, man. These numbers is everything.
1: I think so i think that the, you know the biggest thing is if you're if you feel like you're at a point where you necessarily cannot afford an, an outsourced accountant then you know just man you can do old school like it don't have to be fancy you can you can write it down on a sheet of paper all right here's how much i made per load at the, you know add that up here's my income for the month um here's how much every single dollar i spent coming out and so now you know your net income and i think that's the biggest thing is again everybody focus on that top line revenue but nobody really focuses on how much they're truly bringing home
0: for sure for sure but if you do and you can afford a a, a accountant yeah check out transpose cfo (laughs) right and how does that process work
1: so uh in in terms of so you can we're social media outlets so i think the biggest thing is on social media, we're Transfo CFO right. okay. um, on website, so you can just hit us, go to contact us, shoot us a, a message, and we'll reach back out to you and get you started.
0: And we'll and we'll definitely put that information yeah. in this show. To and start I and out. I
1: feel like our process, you know, we we've had time to tweak it, and and I I feel like our process is pretty pretty good. Um, we get you going pretty quickly. Um, I will say, you know, I. I come from a world where again, I worked like my last, the last corporate job I had was at a top 20 CPA firm. So like, you know, your numbers matter and I'm super, super anal about my numbers. Right. And so meaning like, I want to make sure your numbers are accurate. And and our our internal uh, CPA that we work with as well or that's on our team as well, she's the same way. So we are our internal CPA that is on our team. She's from Deloitte, which is a big four. mm and so that's your that's your advisor, right? So that's she. Her background is advising on a larger level, you know, how to grow and scale your company, or what where do you need to cut back at? Like where where do you need to um, cut costs at? And I think that's the biggest thing. Like we we're pretty good at identifying where you're overspending, and that and honestly, I always say too that you know, accounting is your history, right? So like accountants were pretty good at giving you historic data because we're we're telling you how you did, we're summarizing, we're recapping what you did the month before. Yeah. So, and then finance is more so projections, future. How do you get to where you're, how do you get to where you're trying to go, right? Yeah. And so the beauty of transpose CFO is that we bring the two together. So we do, you know, we have accounting and we have finance and we're bringing it together because our background is truly accounting and finance and we're bringing it together. So. Where we could tell you how you did last month, but then we're going to last month. But we're also going to project you out three, four months to tell you here's what it looked like. You should make the next three, four months, and and then again taking it back to a budget to actual. Did you reach? Did you hit what we projected you're, that you're going to hit based yeah. on what you tell us you're trying to do?
0: No doubt. No doubt. All right, cool. I love it. I love it. So uh, customarily, we always have a final thought before we go. All right. And um, you kind of just let everybody know where they can connect with you. Um, And like I said, I'll leave that in the show notes as well so people can find it. But um, just end us off with like a final gem for the hustle fam, uh, whether it's financial tip or just (laughs) something entrepreneurial or something from the heart, spiritual, whatever. And then we'll get out of here and wrap.
1: All right, so I'll go back to what I said earlier. You know, numbers don't lie. 85% of trucking companies fail within the first year. So, again, whether you decide to go with us or you go with somebody else, just make sure you put an accountant on your team. Like,
0: no doubt. Yeah. Simple, simply <laughs> put. If you can't respect that, well, another hove, right? If you can't respect that, your, your whole perspective, perspective is whack. whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Myself, Denisha Gray, Transpo CFO, we out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb, this is the place to come. Truck and Hustle, let's go!